It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening with me as always philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter charlie o'connor yeah, so funny story about this. This is the second time that we are both wearing Phillies jerseys. And while the first time we were both wearing the same Phillies jersey, yeah. the blue Bryce Harper jersey, this time we are wearing different jerseys, but of the same player, Reese Hoskins. And did we plan either of them? No. We sure didn't. No, I didn't. That's... I walked in, I came out of the bathroom after you got here, your back's turned to me, and I just see 17 Hoskins. I was like, <laughs> we've done it again. Sure have. We have done it again. Uh, we are, once again, matching, and hopefully it's the same result. Uh, not, Certainly hope nice, so. Nice, uh, nice victory for the Phils. I Just <laughs> watching everything that has unfolded, not just in the games and in these playoff series for the Phils, man. The Twitter wars and the fans just absolutely pounding their chest. The... Um, Threats against Blooper. <laughs> Everything that has gone on, it just gets me so pumped for a time when this is our hockey team. I just cannot imagine what happens when, like, the Penguin has something to say. Because yes. Gritty is a homicide. Like, yeah, he's already that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Fanatic is a, a family-friendly, like, we have to pick up the mantle for the Fanatic. He's not going to say anything. True. Gritty might punch someone. Yeah. Like, he's done it before. Yeah. He's assaulted a child. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> not even the kids on the ice. He allegedly punched a kid. Uh, that was apparently made up. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, I just really look forward to a time where it's the team we're doing this of course you are picking up the uh the philly slack here at phly uh you are their beat reporter right now a little bit a not, little not bit. quite a beat reporter. not quite the beat reporter but you're doing some writing about the phils but man when this is the flyers it's we just gotta wait just gotta wait a little longer i guess hopefully just, just a little longer just look, but just looking at like the fervor for this team this phillies team it was a lot of fun 07 to 11 but these like there weren't fans prior to that. Like, listen, I, th there wasn't this huge fan base for the Phils, and it grew from there. Sure. And then that you know ten year drought just 
like made us froth at the mouth. Yeah. And now these last two seasons, we are the most insane fan base. Like it is now the Eagles fan base has moved to also baseball. Like this is how this is how we act at baseball too. I'm very much looking forward to the day it encapsulates hockey again because damn dude, what's going on right now? How could you not want to be a part of this thing? No, it'll be fun. And yeah, hopefully they're on the right track. Obviously no one's expecting it to be this year or even next year. <laughs> Or, or even the year, year. after that. Oh. But, you know, maybe in I think the year four after, or five years, brighter days could be I upon us. I think the year after next. I think it could be a year before Mitchkov gets here. And then when he gets here, it's real. Okay, now they're contenders. That's my hope, at least. I mean, Bill, that would be a blast. I would it's love just, that. All right. <laughs> so uh, last we spoke... We were waiting to see what this team would do, and they eventually put Wade Allison on waivers. We were thinking maybe they were a little hesitant to do that. He kind of penciled in as the 13th forward, and even then, you still but, but do we want to lose him for nothing, potentially? Well, he clears waivers, and I guess that's a weight off of all of our shoulders, but is this a, is this a matter of us maybe overrating Wade Allison or... Was the timing right? Like, I asked, why do it now on Friday rather than, like, yesterday or today? What would be – there are still some teams trimming down. Like, you know, you talked about a, a team getting down to 30 on Friday. It was like, well, the Flyers are at 25. Like, how is this – did they time it right, or is it just we think more of Wade Allison because we've seen him up close? There's a lot of Wade Allisons out there, actually. What, what do you think it is? I, I guess objectively speaking, we did overrate him because we both thought he was going to get claimed, and he didn't. That said, to me, I mean, part of the reason why I was – thinking it was more likely than not he was going to get claimed. I don't think it was necessarily because I was overrating him. It was because, number one, you just said every team has a Wade Alice. And that is true in a sense, in that every team has a guy in his mid-20s, a former sort of top prospect, but not quite, who hasn't quite established himself as a clear-cut NHL contributor. Yes, every team has one or two of those guys, to be sure. However, my thing was that Wade Allison, in terms of his skill set, is pretty unique in that not every team has a guy with power forward potential who is big, can skate well in a straight line, plays physical. Really, it's kind of like the wet dream of a lot of traditional NHL GMs. I mean, he plays with that edge, with heart, with fire. And to me, I looked at him as a guy that at least one NHL GM would convince himself that I can make something out of this guy because he's so, he's not like the small 5'10 scorer who, he's not the Jordan Wheel. He's the kind of guy where my NHL GMs, in my estimation, were going to really be intrigued by him. And maybe they were, but clearly they weren't intrigued enough to, to pass the opportunity of giving one of their own guys a shot. I think, if anything, that's probably what we overrate or underrate, to be, to be accurate, is teams know their own guys. They know what they have, and they get excited about their own guys the same way we get excited about a Wade Allison. And while they may be intrigued by Wade Allison, they may look at it as, you know what? We developed three other guys that we saw from the start, that we our scouts liked from five years ago when we drafted them. And if claiming Wade Allison means we can't actually give that guy a shot this year, then it's not worth claiming Wade Allison because we just have more invested in the guy we develop from start to finish. We know him better than we know Wade Allison. 
and we'd rather give him the shot than Wade. And if I had to guess if there were any teams, and I suspect there were at least a few teams that that had a legitimate conversation about whether Wade Allison was the guy they wanted to claim, I bet those teams ultimately decided they wanted to, to see what they had in their own guys before they tried plucking somebody that the Flyers, who aren't a great team already, decide it wasn't good enough for their roster. And that's... Something I saw go around so much like, oh, yeah, big shock that the guy who couldn't make this awesome Flyers <laughs> team, like, could, no one else wanted him. It's like, well, it's not as if that's how, like, that's not how rosters are constructed. No. It's not a, like an NHL video game power ranking. Okay, well, this guy's an 86 and this guy's an 85, so the 86 makes it. Like, that's, it, it's about fit and the personality of the player and the coach and, like, is is Bobby Brink more ready than Wade Allison right now? Probably not. Yeah. But it's all right. But he fits the future. And since this is a rebuild, twenty six year old twenty six year old Wade Allison isn't exactly our top priority. Now speaking of Brink, like we talked, and he could end up making this team. It's about what two hours and twenty minutes until rosters are official at five o'clock. Yes. Uh, but we said okay, if he doesn't make it. He has probably played himself into first call up oh, potential. Yeah. Whereas it was maybe coming into camp, it was like he's down on the list of dudes. And now, all right, he's he's moved himself up. We've also heard, you know, Sam Tuomala coming in. Uh, yeah, probably further down on the list has played himself up. The coach has raved about Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Where is Wade Allison on that list now? Do you think he's first call-up guy is going to take some convincing is he going to have to kill it in the ahl is he are they like kind of because they waived him they you know brought the possibility of just giving him away is he down on the list do you think he could be a first call-up where do you think he fits in the organizational depth chart well what i'll say is that i think at least right now he's pretty high because they know he can hang in the NHL. They know he's good enough. They also have seen him down in the AHL before, and he's pretty much thrived at that level. So it shouldn't be a problem. However, I do think that a lot of it is going to come down to his attitude down there. Like I'll equate this with a guy last year who isn't on the team anymore, but had the same thing happen to him, Zach McEwen. Zach McEwen, if you remember, got waived. It was kind of a surprise wave at the end of the year. Not that, like, I think Wade Alice is a better player than McEwen, but it was the same kind of thing where you thought McEwen was going to make the team. Yeah. And then he kind of got boxed out. You know, they had signed Nick Delorier, so they no longer, you know, McEwen was no longer the only fighter on the team, and McEwen got waived. I so badly wanted to see them play together. The, I the so Bash Brothers. Want, I just wanted They it. did play together a little bit after, but again, yeah. after he got called back yes. up. Well, what happened was, and this is what I've heard from, from multiple people in the organization torts was the main mouthpiece of it but it wasn't just him like this was the, the general consensus was that McEwen went down and he honestly worked his ass off he he didn't sulk he didn't you know lament his you know the injustice of it all that he's an NHL player and he should be up there and this is ridiculous he went down there and he worked hard and he did his job and then when there was an injury he came back up and then he honestly looked pretty good the first few games he, he got called back up. And I think will will Wade Allison be a top injury call up probably, but if he goes down there and just pouts, then when there's an injury, maybe Ian LaPerriere, when they give Ian a call and say, Hey Lappy, who's who, who can you call up immediately? I'll be like, I don't want to send Wade up. He's just been, he's been dogging it in practice. He, he's just, he has a bad attitude. And then maybe Wade Allison isn't the first call. But I think if Allison takes this in a positive way, and look, 
no one's saying Wade Allison has to be happy about this. Wade Allison shouldn't. No, he shouldn't be happy. He should be pissed about this. Yeah. He, he should be like, no, I'm an NHL player, and I'm going to prove them, prove to them down there that I am way too good for the AHL. If he goes in with that attitude, works his tail off, you know, scores a couple goals in the first couple games down there, then I absolutely think he'll be first on the list. And I still can envision a scenario because he's still on this team. He's still in the organization. I can envision a scenario where he has a good year in the NHL for the Flyers. It just clearly isn't going to happen right off the bat. And that's uh, that's just what's going to come down to for Wade is can he continue to build his stock back up? Yeah. Like that's, that's just what it's going to be. Uh, I guess the biggest question now that there's, I believe the count is 24. Yes. We are currently at 24 guys. Uh, that's with three goaltenders. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Felix Sandstrom still here. Why? Yeah. It, I, I'll say I did expect that they were going to waive because because Felix Sandstrom isn't waiver exempt, he needs to clear waivers to be sent down. That's why yesterday there were a ton of guys on waivers because everyone who teams need to get off their roster in order to be at the 23-man limit or be under the cap, whichever is their main, really it's both, but whichever is their main restriction, their main reason yeah. why they have to, their, their main way to get compliant. That's why all those guys got waived. Felix Sandstrom was not waived, which means that Felix Sandstrom, just by league rules, will be on the initial 23-man roster for the first day of the league year. So that's, he's he's a lock. He's in. However, we know from John Tortorella's comments last week that Carter Hart's obviously the number one. Sam Erson has been told he is the number two and has been preparing for the season as if he's the number two. I interviewed him on Friday and had a conversation with him about being the number two. They are not, li if, if they're lying to us, they're also lying to Erson because Erson <laughs> is very oh. happy about the fact that he is the backup goalie and Felix Sandstrom is on the organizational depth chart, the number three. Now, could they theoretically keep three goalies? Yes, they could. However, most teams don't for obvious reasons. You can only dress two in a game, and Felix Sandstrom, presumably, you want him playing. I mean, he might not be a prospect anymore, but if you have him, I mean, you might as well play him down in the minors. They what, didn't want to play him last year when he was the backup. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're going to play him now as the three? Exactly. So what it seems like, you know, based on what you hear around the league, what it seems like kind of has this whole goalie situation, and this isn't just for the Flyers. There are a few other teams that are in this in this spot too. They're basically all trying to keep their goalies for as long as possible because no one wants to be the team that Tampa poaches a goalie from off waivers while, um, while Andre Vasilevsky is injured and out for quite a while. Now, I understand this to a point because I get it. Flyers don't want to lose a goalie for nothing. Sandstrom is at least a, a decent pro-level goalie, whether he's a decent NHL goalie. I'm skeptical, but you never know. I get you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. I understand that. However, I really don't think Tampa is going to claim Felix Sandstrom. The level, like, if Felix Sandstrom plays half the games for the Tampa Bay Lightning between now and Christmas, because that's about when Vasilevsky might be back, they will miss the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the, like in order to protect him, this is a team that's aging. We know the injury issues they've had. The regular season doesn't mean what it did to them when they were chasing down the Detroit Red Wings a couple of years ago. And that was evidence like, oh, yeah, they got swept in the first round. And then the following couple of years, they go to the Stanley Cup final. Like, this is a team whose legacy will be made. Like, 
they are worried about the postseason. Yeah. The level at which they would have to play in front of Felix Sandstrom <laughs> to keep themselves in that division is far higher than I think they want to commit themselves the first two, three months of the season. It's looking like a pretty good division. I mean, yes. the only team in that division that is probably going to be bad is Montreal. Everyone else is going to be at least decent. Yes, it's a very good division. Like, Boston might be on the outside looking in if they don't have the start that they're... Like, there's no way Felix Sandstrom is part of their thought process, is there? Yeah, and... Again, as I said, I understand it. I also, I'm sure that the, the the Carter Hart situation probably plays into this a little bit in that they worry that if they find out two weeks into the year that that report gets released and Hart's included and he's suspended for the year or whatever, they don't want to have their goalie depth be depleted. That said, this is part of the reason why you were willing to take on the contract of Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson is, it, he is your insurance. He is your guy who you know could at least play in the NHL. Now, whether he can play well or not, again, open discussion. But no one's going to claim him because of his contract. Obviously, he already cleared waivers last week because no one wants to pick up a $5 million a year goalie who might not even be an NHL goalie. I don't understand why they're being so protective of Felix Sandstrom, given the fact that they didn't even really give him like a serious shot at winning the job. Like if anything, the job based on the guys who got playing time in preseason, the battle was really between Urson and Peterson. Sandstrom got Can like Peterson two play? periods. No. Okay. This okay, is over. Yeah, okay. It's Urson. Like yeah. that, that's what it is. So it's just, it's kind of surprising to me how careful they're being, being with Sandstrom, especially given how cavalier they were being with Allison. The only explanation I can think of is that they just have intel that there is a team that really, really likes Felix Sandstrom and they're doing their best to hide him. I I guess like if it's Tampa, I would I would look at the better run teams and be like, yeah, we don't see it see it in Felix Sandstrom. Also, we're always wrong. <laughs> and Tampa gets this shit right constantly. Uh, that said, they did claim Donnie Martell, and, and that you know, didn't work. Yeah, uh, but like Tampa, far better run organization than the Flyers. Hopefully, that changes in the years to come. We're going <laughs> to talk about the new era of Orange and Charlie's piece, uh, where he interviewed uh, Hilford and Jonesy in a little bit. But I guess it's like, man, if they claim Sandstrom and he has a nine fifteen save percentage in his twenty starts. Um, we're going to look real damn stupid. Yeah. Is that like, oh, yeah. Is that part of it? You don't want to look dumb? I mean, maybe. Like, I, 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 I really seen, think it's more about asset management than anything it, else, I th think. Like, I've seen Wade Allison play at this level. He's an NHL player. I have seen Felix Sandstrom play at this level. Probably not. <laughs> they were willing yeah. to potentially lose one for the other, and I talked maybe they had the timing right where it was, yeah, teams with where their rosters are at, they're just not going to take that risk, and there's at least one team in the league right now that doesn't have a goalie. So I, I guess, but I just... I don't see a world in which Felix Sandstrom is at the top of anyone's list. That's That's really where I'm at, but... This is what they're doing. How do doing. you not just go with what you have? Yeah. So re regardless, we now know that yeah. Felix Sandstrom is going to be on the 23-man roster. Yes. They have to get down to 23 by 5 p.m. today. They currently have 24. Now, there's a couple routes they can take here. The first route, which would be the easy one, and this is the one that, you know, if I had to bet, I would bet this is probably what they're going to do just because it's the path of least resistance, is everyone knows Sam Harrison has won the job. However, 
because he he is waiver exempt, they can just send him down for a couple days while they're sorting out the Sandstrom situation. And then either tomorrow or the next day or whatever, wave Sandstrom. If he clears, then you send him down, bring Harrison back up. Boom. There's your 23-man roster. That's the only change you had to make. That very well might be what they're planning to do because I don't think they would straight up lie to Sam Harrison, who has been told, you are the backup. Like, I just don't see that as being an option. The other option is, if they are so dead set on making sure they don't lose Felix Sandstrom, they could roll with three goalies to start the year. They could keep San- they could keep Harrison up. They could choose not to risk waving Sandstrom, and they could send down one of the three kids. Now, Igor Zamola is like Sandstrom. Igor Zamola is not on this roster. Exempt. He's not waiver exempt, so he is making this team... He, if, if he was not going to make the team, he would have had to have been waived yesterday because even if they were to put him on waivers today, and they didn't because that's already been announced, he wouldn't be cleared by the time the 5 p.m. roster deadline hits. So Zamula is safe. He's on the 23-man. That leaves Tyson Forrester, Bobby Brink, and Emil Andre. Now, to me, if any of those three guys get sent down, I would think that that means they're not on the team. Like, if, if Arison is the one who gets sent down... Because you could have done this whenever. Exactly. To me, if Arison's the one that gets sent down, he's getting called back up as soon as they figure out the Sandstrom situation. If it's one of the other kids, my assumption is that that means that one of the other kids isn't making the team. Now, they all went on the team bonding trip, which was Sunday into Monday. So, clearly, they're all close. Like, they're all... If one of these kids doesn't make the team, like, that's the he's, one he's going to come back. That's but. the one thing I read was uh, just a couple people commented, like, they just wanted Andre to get a taste of the NHL, be on the team bonding trip, like, and now it's going to be... But, like, you could... He could still go on the trip. It's not like that's an yeah. official roster, like, only your roster guys can go golfing. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. That, no, yeah. you, anyone, it's your your trip. anyone could go golfing. <laughs> this isn't an NHL-sponsored yeah. your thing. trip. You make yes. the rules. Like, I could have gone if they wanted me to you know yeah, like yeah. they don't i don't need a contract to do it <laughs> uh, like I, I just it seems as if it's gonna be paper move urson and they do have this the lightning play on opening night they play tuesday uh they're the first game against the predators in that right. triple header and the flyers don't play till thursday right so you would assume tampa has this sorted out by today tomorrow unless they're just going to stick with their guys i mean because they do have two goalies they're just internal guys who are unproven and whatever so maybe that's ultimately what they're going to do they decided that like because they could have taken martin jones who and we're familiar with martin jones he's nothing special but he's an nhl goalie they could have played in the league they could have claimed him he wasn't on a super expensive contract they chose not to so maybe they are just going to stick with their guys and maybe all these nhl teams like, because the other teams that that have goalies, that have three goalies still on the roster, we have Arizona, Buffalo, Detroit, and Montreal. So there are other teams that are playing this, oh, God, we don't want to send our goalie down and wave him because he might get taken. Oh, shit. Well, you know, maybe Tampa's just playing a game on everyone, and it turns out that they're perfectly happy with rolling with their guys for two months. That would be... That would be my bet. My bet would be that Tampa's just trolling us. <laughs> and if you want to play such a bet, you should do it. 
at DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't think you can. I don't think you can bet on whether the Tampa Bay Lightning are trolling well, us. Get all. on that DraftKings. Yeah, but yeah, you know, maybe if you contact customer service, they'll put it up for you. <laughs> uh, things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to finish the season strong and make it to the playoffs. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bet in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at sweet payday with DraftKings same game parlays string together multiple get string together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout so what are you waiting for download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY the crown is yours 1-800 no (laughs) nope gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill and casino and resort uh licensee partner golden nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. All right, we got an answer on that. This one says Ontario. <laughs> CDKNG.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Should have read the new one prior to reading it out loud. Yeah, that was, uh, that was that's, rough. That's a professionalism issue on my part. Uh, Disappointing so to you. I might have to take back over the ad rates. You might have to take them <laughs> over, Charlie. Um, I don't so want to take over the ad rates. We're at 24. If you had to bet, is it paper move with Urson? That seems like where they're going with this because, again, why would you still have these kids up if they're not going to make the team? I, I Why would you wave Wade Allison? If they're not going to make the team, you wouldn't have had to like you wouldn't have had to wave Wade Allison if the if the ultimate plan was to just send down Emil Andre, because then you could have just kept him as the 14th forward for a while. Or if the original plan was to send down Tyson Forrester, like it would be a little confusing if they ultimately just send down one of the, the skater kids because it would be like, OK, why did you risk losing Wade Allison? And then it just becomes the only explanation I could possibly think of in terms of that explaining that would be do they just want to give Wade Allison a fresh start somewhere else that that would be the only thing I could think of were they hoping he'd get claimed and this like whatever the issue is between the coach and player the organization and player oh god he's still here yeah maybe that's there but you you brought this up before the show and I think there might be some truth to this is the idea that we were surprised last week of how blunt Tortorella and how open Tortorella was about the idea of like, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Sam's our number two. Felix is our number three. He's just gonna stick around for a while. His it, openness in that answer might have just been preempting. Preempting. This. Oh, well, they sent him down, and what are they doing with sending down this guy who's clearly better than the other one? It's like because this is roster management. He's yeah. gonna go down. He's never actually gonna drive to Lehigh. <laughs> like, that's who was it who did the back and forth? Like was it Justin, Justin Bailey? Justin Bailey was like, doing the back and forth. I always thought it'd be funny if you had to like go and clock in <laughs> and then actually like yeah. drive back. But no, you don't actually have to make the trip. 
It's just on paper, and then by Thursday they figure this thing out, and Erson's yeah. dressed for game. He one. goes on the trip on Wednesday to, yeah. to Columbus, and everything's fine. That's what I would guess, but we'll see. We're gonna find we'll that see. out in a couple hours. All right, we're gonna find out some uh, some answers to some questions now, Charlie, because I have planned it correctly. If Mailbag Monday is gonna be a thing, I should probably a lot time for okay. it before the final six minutes of the show. Love that. So we're gonna do it in segment two here. Uh, we're gonna answer some questions, some mailbag questions that we got from Twitter. All right. uh, we're gonna start out with Fly Guy 7 He asks, with the Flyers seemingly planning to keep quite a few kids on the roster despite a full lineup, what are your opinions on cycling kids into NHL games from the practice squad versus Calling kids up from the AHL as needed for NHL games seems Brink and Andre may be utilized sparingly. And I guess the question is, what what does sparingly mean? Yeah. Well, I, I think like if yeah. it's once a week, that's not good. But if it's they play two out of every three and it's it's mixed and matched, I can live with it. Exactly. I, I think to me. It really, and this is maybe like the 15th time we've said this so far on the show, it really just depends on how much you trust John Tortorella and the organization to pull off this rotation. Because it looks like, at least with Forrester and Brink, they're going to try to do it to start something of like, one plays one game, one plays the other. However, what happens if in that first game, Bobby Brink scores two goals? Like, Tyson Forrester probably ain't coming in for game two. And then if game two becomes game five, then what are we doing here? Then you got to send the guy down because we don't want these guys sitting. We want them playing. But if they can execute on a plan where they're playing most of the time and yeah, they're getting days off here and there, but they're still playing the majority of the games or at least 50% of the games. I'm cool with it. If it starts getting to the point where a guy is sitting for a week, you got to send him down. Yeah. Especially I, I, when I, ideally to me, the answer isn't you got to set him down. The answer is get him in a frigging game. Yes. But that's... but if, if the alt, if the if the two possibilities are he doesn't play at all and he stays up practicing with the team and he goes down to the AHL and plays, then I'd rather be down in the AHL and play. Because, listen, it's not exactly apples to apples because goaltenders are different. But we saw them last year go. Yeah, Arison's better. But we need him to play all yeah. the time. Yeah. So Sandstrom's the backup. Exactly. And now it's, okay, well, I think that part of his development's over. We can get him into enough games where it makes sense. But we have these kids, and we're just not sure how it's going to shake out. What they've told us to this point has been agreeable. It's give, It's been optimistic. Like, yeah, we're going to get them in, and some vets are going to sit, and we're going to figure this thing out. It's just... Yeah, when they start out 2-0, and <laughs> and suddenly Tortorella's like, I'm going to the fucking playoffs. Yeah. And we have no idea if that's going to be yeah. what he's thinking, but it is kind of the mindset that they have taken in these situations in the past, where it's, yeah, sorry, we can't get the kids in. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's right. like, what you can tell me is play them. <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. Right now, I'm choosing to be optimistic that they have this scheduled out in their heads like we hear about like with days off and the way you line up pitching in baseball. Yeah. Like to start the season, the manager already knows like when his second, like, yeah, Bryson Stott's not going to play game eight. Like he already knows, yeah. you know, so I, perhaps they already have it mapped out or at least a rough draft of an idea. Uh, but it's the Flyers. 
You know, Mark Stahl might play 82 games. Guess we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) From JFT Marini, uh, he wants to know some player comparables, which is always fun. Oh, I hate Uh, that. I'll try. I'll try. Like, example, if if Mishkov hits his ceiling, who in the NHL does he resemble? Same for Gauthier, Bonk, Brink, etc. Mishkov's the most fun, so I want to start out there. Um, Uh, We've heard a lot of different ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like... It feels like a cop out just because they're country. You're gonna go with a rush, but like yeah. Kirill, Kirill Kaprizov, like a more of a goal scoring Kirill Kaprizov is probably decent. But I think we actually asked Briere, I believe, after the draft, like who would you compare Mitchkov to? And I think Briere probably answered it the best way, where he's just like. He's so good that he's not somebody you compare. You you don't compare him to other players. You think he has a ceiling where other players are getting compared to him. And I think that's the truly exciting part about Mitch. That's the type of shit you say and get yourself a GM. Yeah, right. I can see how he got hired. (laughs) Uh, Like going into the draft, I saw a lot of Kucherov. Yeah, I've seen that too. And that's, um, I mean, dude won an MVP at an all-time points season. Yeah, He's, He's incredible. But it, whenever you see that, it's like, and some of it's fair. Oh yeah, a Russian yeah. to a Russian, but, huh? But some of it's fair because there, there is a style they that do Russian players playing the same way. Yeah, <laughs> Russian players have a certain style. They take more risks. They're a bit more creative than players who came up in the North American, you know, grind it out and check like that. Like there is a different mentality, not for every Russian player, but for a lot of them. And I think Mitchkov has that mentality of I'm going to create, and if that means you know I might not play the best defense on a few shifts. Hey, you know what? I'm going to score a ton of goals, so it's worth it. So I, I do think that there's, it, it's not just the easy comparison. There is a reason why Russian players tend to get par- compared to Russian players, and it's not just laziness, but it is a little laziness. Yeah. No, like we see it in other sports with uh, different <laughs> uh, different stereotypes. Yeah, you know, sure. it, it just happens. Um, Gauthier, Bonk, Brink, anyone stand out I don't to really you? have any for Bonk. But that, Brink but, seems but, but to that, me like... Um, I have a name for slow Giroux, slow Giroux. Yeah. Slow Giroux. I could see. I mean, I, I don't hate the March or so comparison, although March huh. or so is a little bit more of a goal. Like I was going to say more of a score, more of a goal but, guy, but I, I don't hate it. Like they're both not the fastest, but super skilled with the puck. Mm-hmm. They're both obviously very small. Um, Bonk. I just honestly with Bonk, I just haven't watched him enough. I saw Brett Pesci today. I mean, that'd be cool. I would love that. I just haven't watched Bonk enough to really have a read on, like, who he reminds me of. Gautier, I mean, you know, I think Gautier plays a bit more physical, and obviously this guy was a significantly better skater, but, like, the Jeff Carter one, I've heard that. That's I fun. I don't hate it. Like, goal-scoring center who can play the wing if you, if and when you need him to, but, like, a real a straight-line type of game. Now, Carter was a plus skater. Gautier is a he good, was fast. Gautier is a Gautier is a good skater for his size. Mm-hmm. Carter was a great skater for any size. Yeah. So it's not perfect. That's the lazy but, com- but the, yeah. the lazy thing came out about Carter because it looked like he wasn't trying and he was actually flying. He was just an amazing <laughs> like, skater. Period. He did not need to like really dig to get by someone. Exactly. So was like, is he even trying to get back? Like well, he got back, yeah. so probably. Yeah, he did. He just, just <laughs> like, didn't look like he was giving the effort. There was a bit of Mike Schmidt to Jeff Carter's game, where yes. like Mike Schmidt could make the play without diving in the dirt, so who cares, but some Philly fans did. Well, that's why that's why I had the Mike Richards jersey, you know? <laughs> I need you to bring that lunch pail. Uh, from Tart and Soul, 
Should we absolutely be trying to trade either and or Atkinson slash Lawton for a D prospect or picks as soon as possible? We need room for Forster and Brink. Our timeline is at least a couple of years out. We have high-end forwards coming. We need high-end D. Did those two bring that type return? This is this is a very, like, this question <laughs> is basically like every other tweet on my Twitter yes. feed right now. Because everybody just wants to trade everybody. Trade him. You can't trade Atkinson yet. I'm sorry. You can't. Can't do it. He needs Especially to if you're talking about some sort of high-end yeah, return. He needs to show for at least a few months that he is the Cam Atkinson of old and that he can stay healthy. That's number one. Lawton isn't getting traded. I mean, yeah, like, look— I understand the argument why you should trade Scott Lawton. I, if they had that kind of offer that was rumored in the summer, it would have not they been— They should have. Like, I'm not going to say they should have because I am still on the— I, I get the value of having a Lawton in your lineup. I get why they didn't, and I'm not even saying it's wrong. From my perspective, that culture is important. Absolutely. We've talked about it time and time over. Uh, the assets are equally or more important. The best players is the best thing. If he's going to bring you back considerably more than he is worth, you should have done it. But I get why they didn't. My perspective on the Lawton thing is I personally am completely fine with them just having Lawton as the culture guy who shows the kids the way and that being his role. My issue is... I don't think you need like five of them. And they went out and they got a bunch more. And it's, it's like, if you're if you're not going to trade Lawton, do you really need Mark Stahl? Do you really need Garnet Hathaway? And I like Garnet Hathaway. I'm personally happy they got Garnet Hathaway because he's going to make my job more fun because he's a fun player to watch. But I don't know how many of these culture guys, like, did you really need to keep Nick Sealer? That, that to me, like, I'm fine with Lawton being the guy you keep. But in that case, do you need that many more of those guys? That was my issue. That said, I don't think they're going to trade Scott Lawton. I think if they were going to trade him, they would have traded him in, in the summer. They didn't. Also, I don't think this is the time to trade Scott Lawton. If you've made the decision, we got to trade Scott Lawton now, you do that at the deadline when a bunch of teams convince themselves that Scott Lawton is the missing piece yes. and you get a, a boatload for him. Right now, like... Wade Allison is a useful player and no one claimed him. Like everybody is, is you know how it is in fantasy football when you spend your first two weeks like roster baiting? Mm -hmm. That is what every GM is doing right now. No one is like, I need Scott Lawton right now. They're like, hey, that, that guy who just made the team, he could be our Scott Lawton. I don't need to trade a first round pick for Scott Lawton when we have our own. Then they find out in two months that that guy who they thought could be their Scott Lawton can't actually play. And then three of their guys get hurt over the course of the season. And then they're the second seed in the central. And they're thinking, man, if we want to win at all, we need a Scott Lawton. That's when you trade Scott Lawton, not That's, now. It just seems like he is the exact guy teams look for yeah. at the deadline and overpay for. And we all go like, really? Yeah. That's what they got for him? Exactly. And yeah. Like, oh, who was the who was the dude Tampa gave up a first four from that? Tanner Janot? Tanner like, Janot, like, yeah. Well, Tanner Janot is more of a fighter. But, like, like but, but go, going with, like, the Barclay Goudreau, yes. uh, Blake Coleman. Like, the, that's the type of player Previous types of guys. I'm just yeah. like, oh, yeah. You know what teams look for? Playoff-style guys. It sure is. And that's going to be Scott Lawton. Um, where were we here? Uh, from SG, bunch of numbers. <laughs> bunch of numbers. <laughs> it's just like a whole bunch of numbers. Uh, but it wasn't a bad one. First, uh, idea for merch for the next great Flyers team, a shirt with Matt Vay, Cutter, Tippett, and Gritty as Mount Rushmore. 
Oh, man, now gritty can't be on it. That, that really limits our audience. Oh, uh, but after that, where the question? Oh, uh, if Kolasov tears it up, uh, tears up the KHL, and they trade Hart, do you think Kolasov slats in as Arison's backup next year, or the two fight it out in camp? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and this is—I honestly don't think this question needs a lot of analysis. Yeah. We know that, that Kolosov is coming over next year, or at least that is the plan. If Hart is not on the team for one reason or another, and Arison has established himself as a clear-cut NHL goalie, Kolosov is going to be in the mix. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is already a decent KHL goalie who may be in the midst of taking the leap. He had a really, really good week last week. If he does take the leap into legitimately really good KHL goalie, yeah, he absolutely will be in the mix in camp next year, to be sure. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from our old buddy Eamon, uh, at Gin and Juicy, uh, who won the Flyers? Rosty, UC, I guess. UC. Gin and UC. Yes. Yeah, that's it, the it joke. Is, it is a, yes. a UC. UC Soros yeah. joke. Uh, who on the Flyers roster is legitimate? Is a legitimate fantasy hockey option this season? Neither of us are big fantasy guys. Yeah, I don't play fantasy uh, hockey. The one forward who made the, what was it, top 100 list on the Athletic or wherever it came from was Travis Konechny. Have to believe he's going to pick up a bunch of points. Yeah. I'm sure he's as fantasy as he's relevant. I, I think Owen Tippett has has sleeper potential. Yeah. You know, if Jim Jackson's right and he has 40 goal potential, you can fit that on any team, even if you're willing, as long as you're willing to deal with the bad plus minus, which yeah. you probably will have. To me, those two, maybe Couturier, but I don't know. And I have to defer, I'd have to defer to boss man Vince on this one. He's got Deloria and says he's penalty minutes really underrated because of hits and penalty yeah, minutes. If that's yeah. the league you're in, sure. So, all right. From uh I can't read that. <laughs> Ekman Sona Hoge 12. <laughs> Will Couturier return to form and be productive again, or does it look like he has lost speed and quickness that will make that impossible? I'm I'm going to say he does not look like he has lost speed and quickness. That said, he was never he that was fast never, to begin with. And that's always what made me optimistic about his comeback was like, well, he never needed that to start. Yeah. He's all about angles and being yeah. just being smart and being in the right place. And he never had foot speed. He is a slow skater, yeah. but he makes up for it. So I was always kind of optimistic that he'd be able to get back to some level. Now, will he be the guy who won the Selkie 2019-20? I, I don't know. But I do think he'll be good. Yeah, I, I think right now what, what he's been missing has just been the, the, sharpness. Hand, the hands. The hands. He isn't. He's a step behind in terms of making plays with the puck. You're hoping that comes back eventually. You're hoping it comes back soon. But it hasn't yet, so we'll see. We'll see if it comes back. Uh, from Corey Long, are the Flyers more likely to finish 17th to 24th or 25th to 32nd in the standings this year? I think they're more likely to finish you're, in the bottom in the bottom seven. You're far more yeah. down on what this team could be. But every time I start thinking, oh, no, this might be like a team in that. Look, they, they could finish in that 17th to 24th. I just, look at that blue line and I go, just think how? they're more likely to finish in the I bottom just, seven. I look at that blue line and go, how? Like, how could they possibly be better than I think they are when I look at this group of defensemen and none of them are better than a second pair guy? Yeah. And that's a stretch for a lot of and them. And you're going to have a lot of young guys probably and making mistakes. I guess it depends on if they start out better, if they have a better first half than we're expecting. And we talked about this on Friday. Like, how does that affect the organization's mindset? Are we going to play more of the veterans and get... Like just try to grind out some two one games and win that way, or is there going to be that concerted effort to go? 
yeah, Andre makes a ton of mistakes. Also, he's going to play more because it's more important that he play than we get bounced in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's already more important that he play than we oh, get bounced in the first yes, round. <laughs> that, that is absolutely way more important. It's just, are Torts and Danny going to have the stomach for that if it's yeah. like, we can make it? We might be able to make it. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's it. Uh, before we answer some more of these questions, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you about my friends at FOCO because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. And they have the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Some tailgating football season. We know what time of the year it really is. It's Red October. You got to get your overalls. That's right. <laughs> they have the overalls at FOCO and so much more. Hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for game day. I'm seeing these ticket prices. People are going to these games. It's going to be an absolute blast. You want to look your best at the Phillies playoffs. And the only way to do that, you got to shop at FOCO. FOCO is hooked up, P-H-L-Y, and provided some awesome pieces for our sets. And they always have our back as Philly sports fans. They have yours, too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show. For all non-presale items, use code P-H-L-Y for 10% off. That's code P-H-L-Y for 10% off. FOCO. Get your overalls. Get your overalls. <laughs> we uh, let's get through a couple more of these questions here. Um, just the idea uh, from Derek Flylander. He's just asking about the Ottawa situation. What's going on with Pinto? What's going on with Matthew Joseph? Uh, it looks like they're going to start the year without Pinto and sure without Josh Norris as well. Very interesting, but. Do you think the Flyers are still keeping yeah, yeah, an eye? And how is that? Is that just we talked about this? But would it then be? Sorry, Bobby. Probably we gotta Probably. we yeah. gotta send you down for a month. Yeah, and that's fine. Could that be part of the no, roster no. I mean, what, issue right now? What's clearly going on here is the Flyers are basically saying, "Look, here's our price. Give us something. Here's our price. Yeah. You, we're not taking this guy on for a second round pick. He's got three more years left on his deal. You got to yeah. give us something serious. It's 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 a, it's a small cap. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. It's just but it's a roster spot. It's a roster spot. Yeah, and you got to pay up. And, and we have kids like. Yeah. Yeah, sitting Brink for a month is worth something now. Exactly, he was going to make this team. It's, it's an opportunity do think, cost. Do you think this potentially is one of the things we've? The, the goalie situation is probably first and foremost, but it's one of the reason they haven't made the full decision yet. No, I don't think so. They're just waiting until well, the end. Because the thing is, is that if they were to make a trade, it would be very easy with these guys, with guys like Bring a Force, or just to send them down in a second. Like these guys are, they're, they're waiver exempt. You could do it whenever the hell you want. So if, if Ottawa calls up in 10 minutes and says, yeah, we'll give you a first round pick to take on Matthew Joseph, then they could do the deal. And then 30 seconds later, send Bobby Brink down or send Tyson Forrester down. I don't think that's complicating things. I don't think they're waiting on Ottawa. I just think they've made it clear to Ottawa what it's going to cost for them to do business with them. And so far, Ottawa has said no. So, okay. <laughs> I forgot I did this from at Philadelphia one. Oh, this is actually you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your oh stance, no pun intended, on locker room floor logos? I guess there's some sort of incident in Chicago With recently that brought up the yeah. whole logo thing on the floor. Where do you stand on this? Let me put it this way. I am very, very glad that the Flyers are 
one of the teams that puts their logo on the ceiling so I don't have to worry about it. It's look, it's just one of those stupid things. Is it dumb? Yeah, it's dumb, but it's hockey. There's so many dumb things in hockey. As journalists, we can afford to handle one dumb thing that affects us. It is very much. Um, I, I yes, if you're being smart, just if you don't want it stepped on, put it on the ceiling. <laughs> I get that logic, but like that's the point. Is it's something for the team, like you you are mindful of it and you are respectful of it and it's a it's a bonding thing and it's bigger than you like the herb brooks you play for the right. name on the front not on the back all that shit um that's fine for the team but like put a tarp over it when the media comes <laughs> in like for someone who doesn't work for the team who's the logo doesn't pay their paychecks who don't wear that sweater every day yeah, put a tarp over it, put like movie stanchions around it. Like whatever to, you need to I do. I do have to think that part of it, and like this is maybe it's me being be the, it's the being no, assholes. No, this is this is me being cynical, is that it's it gives them an excuse <laughs> to be to, mad to yell at a journalist. Yes. 100 <laughs> percent acceptable I mean, reason to yell at a journalist. It is all fine for the team to have this tradition, and I believe in it. If you don't want to step on, mark it off. <laughs> do something that, because the journalists have shit to do. I, I just I see both sides, and I'm all for it's just like for this particular time, rope it off. It's yeah. very easy to do. There are teams that like put a mat down they over do. it. They there sure are do. teams that do. I just I don't get asking someone who isn't on the team to abide by this rule. Like I, I whatever. Uh, from Flyers fan thirty nine, what is the timeline slash strategy for fixing our blue line? Seems like the weakest part of our lineup, and that coincides with the question earlier: Should they be trading? Someone, uh, you know, Lawton or Atkinson to maybe acquire that D-man. Um, they have two first-round picks coming up. We assume unless they're picking first, Ty is going to go to defense. <laughs> yeah, I'd never want to pick for need, but at a certain point, you are going to need some defensemen. Uh, also, I just keep thinking about this. When the team is contending, hopefully their best players on an entry-level contract in his prime, that allows you to go spend money on a defenseman. How one becomes available, how you go about it, it's, it's difficult, but we just saw we just saw Vegas do it with Petrangelo. We've seen this happen before. We saw the Flyers do it uh, in previous years. They go out and get a Chris Pronger. It costs you some assets, but you have, you're so stocked, you can spend those assets. That's what it's going to be for me. It's just, when does that opportunity present itself? When's it appropriate? We won't know that until the time comes. The short answer is I think it's going to take a while. And I think they know that. I think they know that, that restructuring the blue line is a long-term project. Like Oliver Bonk, the organization super high on him. He's going to spend two more years in juniors. I think their best case scenario for him is that he doesn't spend any time in the AHL. That when he turns pro, which would be after he spends two more seasons with London, that he jumps right to the NHL. And that's possible. He might do that. But we're still talking about next this year and next year of not having him. Cam York is potentially going to be part of it. Travis Sanai might have to be part of it, especially if he's not willing to waive his no trade clause. Three years six. So there's three of your six, but that's not until three years down the road. And then, you know, yeah, you're you're hoping that maybe Ronnie Adderd is a good third pair defensive. Maybe Igor Zamul is something. Maybe Emil Andre is something. And if if a couple of those guys hit. Suddenly, the timeline, it gets expedited. expedited. But 
You still, number one, you still need that, that You alpha. still need the one. You still need that number one. And number two, there's no guarantee that Andre, Zamola, Adder, Granz, all those guys, no guarantee that any of those guys pan out. We hope they will. No idea they pan out. So this is going to be a process, absolutely. I would say we're talking like three, four, five years down the road before we maybe can say the Flyers have a, a legitimate cup contending defense. It's going to take a while. That's a long time. Sure is. I might not be alive. I hope you are. Uh, <laughs> and finally, the last question of our uh, mailbag today, Alex at Flyers Hockey Fan. So you're the one. Uh, who's going to be the captain? Oh my JK, in all seriousness, who is going to wear a letter this season? And what do you think it'll be? And do you think it'll be more than one person or will Torts stick with Lawton? No, nah, it's just Lawton for um, now. I did see, and Cap Friendly, Friendly isn't always right, but they do have an A next to Couturier as uh, well. Maybe Couturier. We have a, look, this is something that, again, <laughs> he's so I, sick I, of asking everyone's afraid. Uh, no, I just, I don't give a shit. I know. Like, I, know. I don't give a shit. Because Torts doesn't give a shit. So it's just not something I'm going to burn a question on. And I know that a lot of fans really do care, and I'm sympathetic to that. Like, I just don't. When there's a captain, I'll care. But I does it, it just, it's not that important to me if they have one guy with an A versus two guys with an A. If, we'll find out on opening night. Sorry. And if you think someone deserves it, will it into existence. You know, I bought a Mike Richards jersey with a C on it while he was still an alternate captain. Do it yourself. Yeah. Make that person the captain. Yeah. No I'm, I'm so <laughs> sick of the captaincy question. It's infuriating. <laughs> I, it's why I keep asking it. Uh, so you did write that piece on Dan Hilferty uh, and this new era of orange. Yes. Uh, read it earlier this morning. Check that out at allphly.com. Allphly.com. Charlie, excellent work as always. Um, my biggest takeaway, we're just going to get into this. I get him. Like, I disagree that the way to go about reshaping the Flyers, creating a new era of orange, was to go, we're running it back. We're running it back with younger former that's Flyers. That's not what they did. That but was to that continue was a, yep. the strategy of we hire people we know. I don't agree with that. Now, a lot of this show over since we started has been, like, framing the framing the debate as well this is what they're doing yeah so this is how they make it work and so i think a lot of times people are like well you guys are just out here saying what the organization no like this is what the organization is doing so that's what i'm going to comment on if this was what would bill do with the organization 11 people would watch <laughs> because <laughs> i have no say so my opinion doesn't really freaking matter in terms right. of this stuff but no like i wouldn't have gone with briere and jonesy probably i would have gone with some dude no one's ever heard of from Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> because that's something we've never tried before. But this is what they chose to do. Just in terms of the uh, scope of this article, what did you take away from your conversation with Hilferty and Jonesy? Yeah, well, the, the two big things that I took from it was that, number one, they, well, I don't think they went into this with the intention of being like okay we're definitely hiring former flyers i do think that it was incredibly important to them through this whole process to emphasize on reconnecting with the fans and i think they ultimately i mean number one i think the briere thing while the former flyerness is what got him in the door originally i do think that a lot of that was he's here he's a top prospect he happens to be a former flyer 
And Hilferty got to know him, was like, this dude's really smart. I want him as my GM. Why are we going to let him leave? I think that was part of it. I think another part of it, too, was that they knew he could work with torts. They wanted to keep torts. Whereas if you bring in another GM with an ego, might not want the holdover coach still coaching the team. So it was a double thing. It was, number one, we have a GM who we think is smart, who's already a top GM prospect that other teams want. We know that. And it's a GM we believe can interact in a positive way with the coach who sometimes is not easy to interact with in a positive way. So the Briere thing, that was to me more of dealing with the circumstances at hand. Hiring Jonesy, though, it's very clear that a lot of that was them trying their best to start this reconnection with the fan base. And the argument that that I've made on this show, that I think you've made on the show, is that, look, really, if the team starts winning... People are going to come back, and if some people don't come back, they're going to be replaced by a ton of younger people who just want to watch a winning team that aren't going to care that you know there are that all the former Flyers aren't working for the team anymore. However, there are a significant portion, maybe not a majority, but there's a lot of people who that really matters to. And I think the way they're looking at it is we we to get this back to the way we want it to be we want to bring everyone back in we don't want anyone to feel like they're being ostracized like they're not being valued and that's the alumni that's the the Snyder family that's all the old the old season ticket holders all the old fans and we also want these smart young like minds who have seen the changes in the game to be able to bring in the younger fans who don't really care that much about that. They just want to see a goddamn winning hockey team. And that's, that's, and so I think a lot of this is them trying to big tenant as much as possible. And that's what they feel like hiring Jonesy in particular allows them to do. I just listen, I get that argument. I just think um, a lot of that contingent of flyers fan is unsalvageable. Because the game has changed so much. What they want doesn't exist. Like, yeah, we need to be the bullies. Well, you can't. I'm sorry. We got Delorier. How many fights did he get in last year? Wasn't 82. Like, you don't fight every game. You definitely don't fight multiple times every game. Like, there is just something to the business side of, well, Flyers never needed a mascot before. Well, they fucking do now. (laughs) Get get over it. I, I just... I don't know. You know, the other night when I texted you is like the the DJ you did the story about yeah. still the DJ because I'm watching the game on TV and I hear NWA express yourself. And I'm like, shit, yeah. <laughs> and I just assume a lot of those people who want Bobby Clark running things still are like, well, this is an ACDC, so I hate it. <laughs> like, you know, and it's it's not as if NWA well, I, I, is actually, new, but like the shit you listen to, they play yeah, as new. Yeah. They're not going to like that. In all honesty, it, that contingent doesn't even want ACDC play. They don't want any music. <laughs> they they would rather it all just be the organ because oh. that's what they remember. I, 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 I would think, be for the yeah, organ. But, but. but I think for me, it's less about like – in an ideal world, I want everyone to be involved. Absolutely. I want I want everyone to feel welcome. I want every person who at one time is like the Flyers to be a Flyers fan. My concern about this has always been, and this was the concern I expressed last season. This is the concern I expressed when the hires were made. And it's still the concern that I have is I worry that if you're if you're emphasizing this thing of like, the people we hire have to know what it means to be a flyer. They have to have a connection with the with the local market. They just they have to know that because that's going to get us back to where we were. I worry that you are 
choosing not to hire people who could potentially be better at the jobs than the artificially smaller hiring pool of people who you think can be good at the jobs and are capable of communicating that to the fans and making everybody feel like they belong. Now, in the end, you might get the worst of both worlds, which is you hire somebody. And again, like I like Chuck Fletcher personally, but Chuck Fletcher was not great at communication with the fans. And also his only direct connection with the Flyers was he was friends with Clark. Like, so you can get the best, the worst of both worlds by trying to go outside the organization. However, I do worry that, you know, look, they might have lucked out big time. And maybe Danny Briere is the hotshot GM who's going to make all the right moves. It's worked before. It's Sackic, worked. Sackick, like we're seeing former before. players it of absolutely teams. absolutely has. Like it's worked in LA. Like it, it, it happens. Yeah, and maybe Keith Jones is going to do an amazing job providing insight and being that balancing force in the room between Tortorella and Briere. It's possible. And as someone who wants to cover a really good team, I really hope that's the way it plays out. I just worry that... By emphasizing this, you know, the importance of connection and understanding Philadelphia, that you're letting other teams hire the truly best people. And in truth, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. No one knows. So it's very possible that maybe they truly did hire the two best people who just also happen to be very connected to the Flyers in multiple ways. And I hope that's the case. I just worry that you're artificially limiting the hiring. It just seems like you're reducing your chances of finding the next great one. Um, just real quick on this. What's the biggest difference you've noticed, if any, between the Dave Scott regimes, I guess the previous two with Dave Scott at the helm and now? Like, is there a difference for you just in the way things are presented? Yeah, I, I think the, the big difference, truthfully, is the communication style, the access, the transparency. I mean, Dan Helferty, say what you will about about him, about Comcast, about Independence Blue Cross and all that stuff. It's very clear that he wants to put himself front and center in a way that Dave Scott either never was willing to or was never comfortable doing. Like, we only saw Dave Scott a few times, really. Dan Hilferty, the third day of training camp, was down, like, literally just mingling with the fans in the crowd at the practice facility in Voorhees, he's told me he plans to be out in the concourse, shaking hands and saying hi to people and listening. And that's and new. he might buy you a beer just like he did for the Broad Street Hockey draft uh, draft party. No, so no, but, but, I really like that you led yeah. with that. that I was mean, it's, cool. it, it's a great story, but yeah. it shows you like they are. I think the biggest difference between the Hilferty Run organization versus the Scott Run organization is that it's very clear the Hilferty Run organization is trying. Now, whether that trying ultimately means anything in terms of building a better team, we'll see. But they're trying to engage the fans more because the way they look at it, and this is a big thing too, is just that, and this is a cynical way to look at it, but honestly, these are business people. I'm sure they're looking at it this way. It is true, in my opinion, that if you get a good hockey team, all the other stuff isn't going to matter that much. Absolutely. People are going to want to win. They're going to want to watch a winner. They're going to want to get excited. They're going to want to be around play. Like, look at the Sixers. The Sixers, for years, were honestly kind of pieces of shit to the fans. They really were. They they were not. They, they, they didn't give much access. They basically were arrogant and kind of said and did whatever they wanted. But people wanted to be a part of them because they were good and they won and they had stars. Now that it doesn't look like they're going to win that much, now people are turning on them a bit. The problem is, is that the Flyers know they're embarking on a rebuild. They know that this isn't going to be fixed overnight. 
And if they had done the, let's turn the page completely, let's shut out the alums, let's get rid of the senior advisors, they've already seen what that does. That leads to a ton of disgruntled people that were formerly associated with the organization complaining, writing articles about how things have changed, how it's a disgrace, how it, how they're, they're not living up to the legacy of Ed Snyder. And people then say that's why they're bad. Exactly. And my point is, is that I don't think it was a smart necessarily, would necessarily have been a smart move to allow that to be the narrative of the rebuild. To allow the that makes a lot to of allow sense. the we're shutting out all the old people because we're turning the page, and then suddenly all the publicity around the flyers is negative because it's a bunch of people who are disgruntled and who just want to yell and complain. Rightfully, that they're no longer part of this. Instead, you have all those people on your side. They're all pumping the tires of the organization rather than trying to take shots on their way out. And the hope, I think, is that it gives them a little bit more leeway to embark on a rebuild that isn't going to produce a winning team right away. And that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers today. We will get to uh, this hypothetical of the day tomorrow. We don't need to do hypothetical of the day on mailbag day. Did you do an ad, basically a third ad the same. Shit. I think you should do that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You are absolutely right, Charlie. And, uh, you know, tonight, <laughs> I am so lost now. I had the wrong ad copy opened, and now I have to go to the game time thing. Here we go. There we uh, go. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, the fills are still away. And I remembered that like halfway through saying, <laughs> tonight it's like no not even that not even that uh, we just have to read this cold all right and that is all the time <laughs> that is we have all the time we have on phly flyers today thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already you got to hit that subscribe button search broad street this is not a banner show for me no this is one search of your best phly flyers wherever there are podcasts and subscribe to our youtube page my name is bill Matz for charlie o'connor thankfully this is over <laughs> City like the mayor.